What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. We're back with everybody's favorite, another teenager getting drafted to the NHL in the boy auction. Interested to see what the profile turns out today because we always talk to the scouts before and after the show and get their thoughts on on things, uh, who they hate, who they like. All over the map for this guy. So it'll it'll be interesting to see where he falls Little intel, though, maybe a good pick for the Sharks. So not too sure, but we have another expert on. We'll keep doing these profiles as we march towards the draft. Please let us know who you want us to do. Uh, a lot of the top guys are not unchosen, so like suggest the way. Um, just don't suggest Glove Tree because we're aware. Everybody, we know. Everybody loves Glove. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kyle Demetrius. Back with me, as always, is co-host JD, the Airdrie to my Okotoks. I can't remember if Joel. Oh, I let it out of the bag. I can't remember for a guest. Oh no, he's from Saskatchewan. Oh, I screwed that up. You're the uranium city to my like big R. I don't know. These are all like these are all really <laughs> shitty Canadian cities in the in the prairies. I guess Swift Current was right there and Moose Jaw. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do something, do something, JD. Save us. I'm, I'm going to let you take this podcast. No, okay. no. This podcast is going downhill. Also, our guests can see us the whole time and hear us while we're doing this, so it's really funny. Yes. Um, he may not be there when we get back, so we'll find out on the other side. All right. So. What, uh, what teenager are we talking okay, about? So, today? again, if you are new to or you know just listening because you're, follow, you're a diehard Joel fan and that you only uh, consume his work, uh, welcome to Locked On Sharks, where we what we'll do is we'll go through um, the kind of the prospect, his statistical profile, and then we will bring on the expert to talk about this person and why they may or may not be a fit for the Sharks. Um, so today we are doing one Connor Geeky, um, Connor Geeky, a D, uh, May born uh, <laughs> centerman from who plays on the Winnipeg Ice. Um, he's a, a good Canadian boy. Uh, big Canadian boy, six foot four, two oh five. Uh, his rankings kind of um, that ten to twenty ish range for most of the the rankings. You know, from TSN and Central Scouting. Central Scouting has him number four in uh, North American skaters um, this year on the Winnipeg Ice. The Winnipeg Ice are literally one of the best teams in the CHL. Uh, Forty eight games played, uh, sixteen goals. Uh, 37 assists, 53 points for a nice 1.10 points per game. So we will bring on our good friend, Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky is not a good handle. All right. (laughs) Our guest who can tell us all about about Connor. Uh, Also, if he's related to Morgan, because I still don't know. But our guest, if you're watching, you can see him already. It's Joel Henderson, the director of scouting for Puck Preps, also covers the WHL for FC Hockey, has his own band or possibly makes his own music, uh, and is straight out of the plains of Saskatchewan. 
I appreciate you dressing up in your finest Canadian uh, jean jacket today. I uh, yeah, I put it on just for you guys. <laughs> I feel I feel quite comfortable in at home. This is this is awesome. this this is speaking to me right now. So that's good. Uh, I'm good. Are you are you are you actually from Saskatchewan or do you just live oh, yeah. there now? Yeah. No, uh, are I'm, you from Regina? Yeah, born here. Uh, not from, but this is where I live. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Cool. I get to watch. Uh, I get to watch a few teams when they come through. You know the old uh, Connor Bedard and. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, not no big deal. <laughs> yeah, so it's a nice place to be for the next few years for sure. I guess one more. Connor, <laughs> thanks. All right, Connor Geeky. First question: Is he related to Morgan? He is. Podcast over. <laughs> that's done. all I wanted to know. That's all you wanted to know. We are done here. I'm assuming he's his younger brother. Uh yes. Okay, cool. Second, why is he all over the place? Because we've heard people say, please do not draft Connor Geeky. We've heard people have him fourth central scouting. He's ninth on like recruit scouting. Uh, what else has he got going on here? He's 13 at the pocket, 24 smart scouting. Yeah. Um, Bob had him at 10. What's this? Because he's six he four. He's also very big. Yes. It's because he is an anomaly. Um, he's. I don't know many players that play like he does. Um, his it almost seems like his strengths that are opposite of what they should be. Um, when you think like you you listed his size six foot four what two hundred five yeah when you think of a player like that what do you what do you think uh, big boy crash the net et cetera et cetera yeah yeah so. <laughs> no so he doesn't like so that's not his game um, you know big boy physical in the corners blah 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 all this no it's not him at all he's a finesse player. Um, and so his big thing, uh, is speed through the neutral zone, entering the zone, uh, and cradling pucks in the zone and being able to drag pucks laterally. And so he has very good hands, especially at, at a top speed, but he's not a very agile player. Like the way that I've kind of described him to people, cause he's big. Um, but like the, the way that I've kind of described him to people is, is very similar to the way that. Uh, I haven't watched him all, but but in the in the way that I remember Patrick Lyonne skating, so Lyonne skates in straight lines in in big bursts, um, heavy strides, and then he relies on what I call like this is what Connor does. He relies on what I would call like a power glide. He's very strong in his turns. He's very strong in his edges, but he's not very explosive. So he doesn't explode out of those turns. He doesn't make hard um, power moves from a standstill. Like if he's on the half wall, he's not going to make some hard cut power big six foot four move to the net he just doesn't do that he waits mm. for passing lanes um he waits to kind of move cross uh, pucks across the zone he's a very strange player for his build which means that when you don't have a player that's any sort of prototype people can project them differently um and i don't it's i think the hardest thing with projection for him is that i don't really have a model there hasn't been a lot of players that are like him from the whl it, does he hit ever does he use his size ever? Like, is he, or is he play like he's five ten? He um, he uses his size, but he doesn't implement his size. Like, he's not gonna he's not gonna be the one to finish pucks in the corner on you. He mm. would much rather fish a puck out of your feet um, than he would body you in the corner. Um, so that that extends of it. But the thing is, is like. So when I talk about um, Connor Geeky a lot, I talk about survivable traits where he has a lot of things that are projectable and survivable to the NHL, where in a draft class where some guys where you go, oh, well, if this doesn't hit for them, they're probably not an NHLer. 
Um, Geeky has a lot of things where you go, yeah, I, he, he should be an NHLer. Like, and so in this kind of class of, you know, kind of when I'm looking around and there's a lot of different question marks, Geeky might not have the ceiling that other guys do, but he has enough projectable stuff that I think he's a safe bet to play uh, in the NHL. And I, I just don't know what his role is going to be because he's such a, because his strengths are very, very different. Classic high floor, low ceiling. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but in, but once again, in a way that like doesn't quite exist, right? Like, so he, um, when he was at the junior level, when he was kind of working his way up, the fact that he was bigger, he was bigger and faster than people in straight lines. And mm. so he was scoring off the rush. He was scoring off breakaways. He was scoring off power moves. He had great uh, hands in tight. So he would stick handle, bait the goalie, go drag left, you know, drag right laterally and tuck it in the back door. So he would stick handle a lot of goals. He wasn't sniping them. Um, he was bigger than them and he had great puck control. And so that was how he scored his goals and try to knock the puck off a kid when you're 15 years old, try to knock a puck off a kid who was already like six foot two at the time and the size that he was, it was so hard. And yeah. so um, it's interesting in, in Winnipeg because the thing is, is like Connor Geeky is succeeding, but he's succeeding with exactly the kind of guys that you want him to succeed with. And so if you have Connor Geeky moving up the middle of the ice as a centerman, when he's moving with power and speed, it doesn't necessarily have the agility. And he's not the guy that's just always harassing people. That's not be able to be the first to jump on the play. You need agile forwards to be able to play with him. And for the majority of the year, he's played with Zach Benson and Mikey Milne, two of the most agile forwards in the whole WHL. And so Connor Geeky has great five on five numbers. It's because he's a good player, but he's playing mm -hmm. with two guys that are both incredible five on five players. And so a lot of his results um, oftentimes you're trying to take a player out of an unsuccessful situation and project them to a successful one. This is a player who's in a successful situation. And so what you hope is to mirror that at the next level. And so one of the ways that he kind of succeeds with these guys and Winnipeg has them is that Winnipeg has small wingers. Um, so they, they have size through the middle, you know, they, they have geeky, uh, and they, and they went and got, um, uh, Jack Finley as well. And so that's kind of how they're they're trying to do it. And both those players have terrific hands. All right, guys, before we continue our conversation with Joel about prospect Connor Geeky, uh, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Football season's over, but basketball's in full steam with both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next coach will be fired, Bet Online's the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Bellman remains the number one spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bellman's got you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC, any sport available. BetOnline has got you covered. So head over to their website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So what what you talked about his you know his ability to skate and or not skate but like his his movement and stuff. What do you think is the one kind of really special trait about geeky that you think is one of the survival traits to the nhl uh he controls the puck really well at his reach and he controls the puck really well when he's moving with speed so oftentimes when you know kind of the level zips up like i could see if, if you have a three-on-two rush and connor geeky's with you wherever he is he's a legit option like mm -hmm. he's not going to bobble the puck uh he's not gonna he's not gonna lose a play he might even make a terrific slip pass uh to the wing you know fake a shot and make a slip pass over and so puck control with speed through the neutral zone. He's a very puck controlled guy. And so to me, that's his best asset is that because he has that size 
And as he moves through pro, you can teach him how to be, like I said, a lot more survivable by using his size more mm -hmm. because he has it. Um, he can become a little bit more physical and make sure that he's maintaining the puck at the reach. When he tries to get too fancy and he tries to drag throughout his body, uh, body when guys close on him, sometimes they'll take the puck from him. Because um, like I said, he's not explosive from a standstill. He won't see you coming and then just like, and sh like his first three steps explode away. What yeah. he tries to do is maintain motion and then cut hard. And so he will cut hard away from you. He'll spin away from you. But for a guy that's six foot four, uh, he does get hit. And it does like, it is weird to see when he gets hit. And because uh, it does take him down every now and then. All over a little bit. He's the anti Slavkovsky, where you literally cannot put that man on the ground. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Kiki can. Um, but once again, like if, if a player has terrific hands, that's another just thing where you, if you can control the puck, yeah. you're a big dude. You can survive like you can survive in pro hockey. You can be able to make plays and continue possession and continue movement. Like as long as you're a puck controlled team. And so like sometimes he'll score goals by tipping pucks or like poking things away from guys. Like he's just got terrific hands. Um, sometimes it can, like I said, it can get away from him, but if he's using his reach and he's keeping pucks at his reach, um, if you notice and you watch highlights of him, like there's very often where he he'll embarrass somebody on his own entry where a defense owner will try and step up on him and once again, it's not a it's not a sharp cut. It's not an explosive stride. It's a whatever. It's just a shift. It's like a and subtle like, movement. It's yeah. a it's a it's a subtle shift, and it's a drag the puck to his reach. And mm -hmm. so he'll drag the puck from one pocket into the other, and then he'll control it as he moves past you. And so, mm -hmm. which is fine. Which is exactly you know that's a yeah. transferable skill to the NHL too. So a lot of that kind of thing. A lot of his game is based upon just being able to control the puck with pace. And especially when he has guys that have a, you know, not quite the wingspan as him, you know, he's got Mikey Milne and Zach Benson when they're relay the pucks to him and he's allowed to kind of break that zone and make sure that they're getting possession. He does so really well. Um, so that kind of aspect of it, you know, when you have players that aren't sized, but you have still have enough finesse to be able to play with them. Like, cause it would be a shame if Mikey Milne and Zach Benson continue to get pucks back. And then every time he gets it, he bobbles it. He doesn't like, he's a very, he's a very good passer. Uh, he sees a lot of lanes really well and a lot of, and some of his passing is very deceptive too. So, um, so, so what's holding him back? Cause he sounds great. Um, two things. And once it, well, two, two and a half things, like okay. we've already talked about the physicality. And so for a guy that's six foot four, um, you just wish that he would play a little bit more physical. That seems uh, like a thing that NHL coaches particularly will be upset at. Yeah. They, yeah. they love, they love seeing a big guy and getting a little half chub and being like, yes, I need to put this guy in the ice. Yes. Um, as a, as a guy who's, um, you know, as a guy who covered the Calgary Flames prospects for a long time with Dauber, um, it was interesting to see, um, someone like Adam Ruzica come up through the system and now playing with the Flames and do, because his, his big thing is he was a guy with size who didn't necessarily use it all the time and he had terrific hands. And so when you can kind of make plays in small spaces like that, uh, the difference is, is geeky builds speed. He can build more speed. His top speed is definitely, definitely past a Ruzika. So is um, James Van Riemsdyk kind of similar? Because uh, he's also fairly big and he yeah, himself potentially, potentially. And so this is the thing is like, once again, projecting a role for him. Mm. Like, so if I was on the power play, would I want Connor Geeky on as the main guy to set up on the half wall? No, not particularly, because he doesn't have that explosive escape ability. Mm -hmm. um, he's been doing it a little bit more. He's been curling more into shots, I think, more recently as he's on the on the left half ball um, that I've seen him lately. But he's not necessarily that number one option that you want there. Um, 
even as a passer, even as a how terrific of a passer he is. He's just not the guy that I want the puck in his hands all the time. Maybe on a second unit. Um, is he the shot first guy? Is he the guy that has a great one-timer and a great shot? We haven't talked about a shot at all. No, he's not that guy. Um, is he physical enough to be like that slot guy, that blah, blah, blah? No, not really. So like I, maybe he's a tipped guy in front, like because he's got such great hands, maybe he's just can learn to be a bit more physical and be a menace in front. So like I said, his skill set leaves me a bit confused. And I mm -hmm. think I think even as he moves through the the system of whoever takes him, I think you might see his role change. You might see him, him time on the wing, time at center, trying to make sense of where to best use him. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at that um, because he's he's got he's got great skill. It's just about trying to develop it and find the best use for it. So you mentioned this shot. So like you said, we haven't really talked about it. And well, you did mention earlier that he's not much of a yeah. sniper. Is is it? No. Just not like an NHL caliber shot, or he just hasn't had to like develop it. Or, you think, or what? What's up? So, like, I don't, I haven't looked entirely of this, but he he doesn't have a lot of goals this year, and he has a very low shooting percentage this year too. Like for the for the CHL, like for a mm -hmm. top guy on a top team, he's shooting at about ten percent ish. He's got um, six, 16 goals as a time of this record, March third. Yes, and so he's got sixteen goals, somewhere around one hundred sixty shots, I think. Yeah. Um, on like one of the like Winnipeg, like this team just just so, people. Yeah, like, just yeah. so people know that people on this team are drafted like Connor McClendon, then they have Matt Savoy, that Milton guy, five. Benson, yeah. Ben Zlotti, Carson Lambos, Jack Finley, Colmier. Yes. Like there's there's tons of guys that people would recognize, and their goalie is drafted by the Ducks. So who just, know how to draft um, goalies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for the context of people, I've talked about how I don't know that I've ever seen since I've started watching, I don't know that I've ever seen a more agile hockey team in the <laughs> WHL than the Winnipeg Ice. Every one of them, beyond like Finley and Finley and Connor Geeky, they're so fast. They're so agile, even down to guys like Skyler Bruce and Smallwood. They're just an incredibly fast team. If you if you don't make quick puck decisions, they're on you. They're on you so fast and getting in, pinning you into the zone. They can change the course of play very, very quickly. All of their guys can. And so Connor Geeky plays well in that because he's such a strong puck control guy. Uh, and he does bring a little bit of size and he can kind of implement it at times and kind of use that to protect the puck and do some of those things. But um, but he's largely a finesse guy. But he fits in with a team that is just so such a strong play driving team. How they beat you is they beat you to pucks and they keep you in the zone. And um and so yeah, like they've got they've got Zach Benson, who's a 16 year old, and he's one of the the best 16 year olds in the league. Um, like could be the second best in the league. Like that's how good he's been, and mm -hmm. he's been the one playing with him. And then Mikey Milne, who some guys thought should be drafted last year, um, I think he, like I have him as a as a guy that should be drafted this year again. Um, so he's that that's where he played a majority of his line with. Benson's been kind of hurt, and so uh, as far as his shot goes. Um, I think it's improved. Um, I think at the start of the year, it was way more of a like, it was made more of a slingshot. Sometimes it was more of a slingshot, more of a flick. Um, mm -hmm. Keep in mind, like he's a terrific passer. He's a really accurate passer and he controls the puck really well. So you would think that he just has like a snipe of a wrist shot. Like you think that he'd be able to pick corners and pick the yeah, way yeah, he yeah. is, but his, his shot is, it's not going in. Mm -hmm. um, he sets up his, he sets up his wrist shot. It's gotten more power to it that I've seen it. Um, in the last number of games that I watched when he's shot, it has more power and release to it and flow, uh, especially when he's like curling, dragging off the power play. So he's doing the right things, but he's never been, he's never been a guy that like shoots quick and he's never, he's never really in positions to shoot quick. Mm 
Like he's never really in the slot. Sometimes he's a trailer on a play moving through the zone, but it's just, that's the thing is he's not a grip and rip it guy. He doesn't have a big slap shot. His wrist shot hasn't been as accurate as he can. So he's once again, a six foot four, 205 pound guy who isn't really a natural goal scorer. He's way more a geek, uh, like a, a deacon front, uh, a get guys slip pass in, find a teammate on a trailer, find fake a shot, find a guy, and slip pass across the body into you know a shooter on the wing. So his skill set for what he is is just it's a little strange, and um, and I don't mean in that in that in the wrong way. Like when you watch him yeah. play, you'll you'll watch him play and you'll go, that's high end, that's high end, that's high end. He has those moments where you're just like, there's a reason this kid went second overall in the WHL draft in his year. There's a reason that he's playing and succeeding and doing well, especially at five on five on this team is because him and his teammates are good compliments for each other. He's a smart player when he moves with, when he moves with speed and moves with power, he's very hard to stop uh, and he can keep the puck from you. So there's all those high end abilities. It's just the projectability of it all. And it's what is it going to look like when he goes to the next level? What is he the one that's going to drive his line? Is he going to be a center? Is he going to like all these ones come with a little bit of questions and is he so, a center at the NHL level? I don't know. Uh, Could he I, be? I, like, I think he can. Like, I think he can. Um, just based on that puck control. Mm-hmm. But he, if if you put him with, if you don't put him with uh, a bit more agile wingers, then I think you lose him. So I think you need a bit more agility on your wings. I think you need a bit more of that. But just simply because he's such a strong possession player. If you're passing through him through the middle of the ice and he's moving well through the middle of the ice, he can keep the puck and dish the puck with, um, accuracy so that it's not worrying about it's just if you like your if you like your centerman to be the guys pushing the pace breaking down plays one-on-one if you if you don't like a team style passing approach through the neutral zone he's maybe not the guy for you um like he's he when he builds speed he builds speed uh he can his top speed is good it just takes him a few strides um so there'll be some highlights that you can look up on him and he's moving but that's because he's already curled out of the zone and he's, and he's been chugging through the neutral zone. So. So it feels like he needs to be like in kind of the right system to, to develop and kind of stuff like that. I mean, we, we talked about the Winnipeg ice. Is it, is, you know, since there's such a good team, are you worried that maybe his, his, his teammates are kind of helping to mask some of his flaws and making them look better type of thing. And if he gets put on the wrong team, like, you know, a team that's terrible at, at developing that it's Buffalo. just going to be a busted pick. Well, like the, the, I, guess, I guess the reason why I mentioned line a as well is because I think anyone that's really kind of followed his career has seen the good and the bad mm-hmm. um, of him. Like you've seen where he's just trailing the play. He's useless on a four check. Um, you know, he's making bad decisions with the puck. And so it ends up like for the majority of his shifts, he's just kind of chasing the play and he's waiting for those moments to be kind of a big impactful player. And so as far as his skating stride, I think geeky has that potential that there's times when guys would just make him chase the puck the whole time. Um, where like, you know, he's not the, if it's not the most effective, he won't be able to shift um, laterally and explode as like NHL players kind of adjust to his angling and stuff. So I think it's a little bit of hit or miss. Um, my projection for Geeky is is like in the right situation, I think he could be a second line center, but I think he's probably more more of the lines of a third line player um, for the majority of his career. But once again, because he's such a weird enigma, could I see him as like a 
top line left wing in the right situation? Like, yeah, it could because of his strong puck control. Like it's a, he's a weird player that I, it's just like, I think his, his success is going to come from how he is useful within the team structure. Mm-hmm. Like where do we best have him in order to complement other players and how do we best use him? And to me, it's still kind of a big question because I think his usage, even at in the Winnipeg ice, it's, it's natural down the middle because of his size and, and speed that he can break the neutral zone there. But then when he kind of like curls and then just goes to the wing and kind of takes himself out of the play, it's a bit interesting too. So he's a guy that I understand why people are very, very um, low on him in that they go, there's a real chance that his skating just doesn't work out. Um, there's guys that have that bigger, longer stride that are six three, six four. One of the guys that I, I often talk about too in Columbus is, is Kevin Stenland that I that I liked for a long time. Um, but you can see why he works and why he doesn't and why he was able to find success on a third line, but why he wasn't able to thrive there. And um, so there's players like that who skate like that, that mm-hmm. they're not going to be the guy that are causing an incredible amount of turnovers because of their pace and because of their ability to explode and really pressure defensemen um, to physically impose once they get the puck to shield it with all they have. Like he's just, he's not quite that player. So, so how long before he's in the NHL? Um, Cause he's big. So like that always here. gets accelerated, right? Like <laughs> if you're big, you got to knock off at least like half a season. Yeah. So I can't, um, I don't want, <laughs> what would be a realistic timeline? Like next year, next Okay, let's do it this way. 2022, 23. Does he go back to Winnipeg or does he go to the NHL? He goes back to Winnipeg. Like, okay. That's um, one year. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my best guess might be one year, but once again, it, 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 Depends on the team that takes him. Um, yeah. Because if it were me, I I would probably NHL tomorrow. Him, <laughs> I would no, I would probably keep him in the w, I would probably keep him in the WHL quite a bit. Okay. Like I think I would make because he's going to have Benson there as well. Um, he's got some other players that are coming along for on his team that are a little bit smaller. I would just slowly work on him in the work on him in the WHL, being able to just sustain and implement his stride a little bit more there's times when he's looking to be a finesse guy and so i would maybe even try to like use his power stance a little bit more along the board to be able to be harder to knock off the puck shield the puck more try to drive the lane more be more aggressive like he's a he because winnipeg is such a strong puck moving team everything that they do is puck movement that Mm -hmm. he isn't able to make some of those individual power one-on-one moves and so like it's just fine tweaks, but I would just work on some of that stuff with him. Like I would keep him in the WHL for a couple of years and work on it. And if he turns pro and he needs one more year in the AHL too, like I would do that too. Um, Like if people go and see my rankings and stuff for the WHL, I had Connor Geeky first. I had watched him a lot earlier and it was, it was based on the fact that like, I think a lot of the players, their impact if you look back on their careers, some of these, like maybe the top four from the WHL, it might they, their impact might be similar, like in the essence of like where they fall. Like I just don't think any of them are top line players or anything like that. Um, so Geeky was more like, I guess he gets the nod because he's got more projectability in just some of his size and puck control. So so he'd be over Savoy and Denton Matichuk are really so the only I say other two. That. <laughs> so I say that. But then I watched a bunch more Connor Geeky and I and I dropped him down more too. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
I, I'm not as familiar with the rest of this draft class as I have been in times, so I can't compare and contrast with some of the other players in other leagues and stuff. So the only thing that I have is the WHL. Um, if it were today and I was drafting today, um, I would probably take I would take Kevin Korchinski first. I would take Matthew Savoy second. Very, very close. Um, and I would take I would take and I think Matejek and Geeky are probably close. I think I'd probably lean Geeky over Matejek. Hmm. So that's kind of where it kind of lines up for me. They're all very close. Um, I don't, you know, the defensemen I don't think are going to be more than second pairing guys. And the forwards I don't think are, I think they're middle tween guys in the NHL too. So it's to me, it's take your pick. Like it, it's a little bit of that. Like if someone goes, I like this player way more than this player, and you're stupid for saying so. I go, take him. I don't know. I have him. Like it's it's to me, it's like they're. It depends on who takes them and how they develop them and how they whatever. Some guys have a little more upside. Like Matejchuk has a little more upside. Um, well, Savoy is all upside. Things. Literally just pure upside. Uh, no, but <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, uh, like if Savoy hits, you're getting like 90 points. He's also just five seven. Yeah, I so like that's that's another way that I I don't uh, I don't see that in the same way that others do. So, um, but so it's there's a lot of like it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of watch these players and kind of see them go. But um, but for yeah, for someone like Geeky, I just think he's he is interesting. And so I think because he's interesting at this level, I would assume he's going to be interesting at the next level. Like when you take him and he finally makes the NHL. Some fans are going to be like, you know what? I really like this guy and I see the potential. And if we would only use him in this way and other fans might be like, uh, it's frustrating or like, I don't know. So, um, but he's got a bunch of high end skills when you've got hands that good and you can control puck that good, you can work on being able to be a little stronger, like being able to field off whatever you're six foot four, two Oh five. They can work with you on your physicality. You've already have the hands to be able to control puck at high paces. That's a great skill to start with. Um, especially when you can pass with the, with the accuracy that he can. So to me, like um, that's the stuff that I like about him. Um, I don't know if it's going to end up making him a top end player, but I think the stuff that he can work on, he can work on. It's just um, if his shot improves, like if his shot gets a little more accurate and he's able to separate a little bit more, um, especially off the rush and he learns how to use his physicality a little bit more. I think you have a really good player there, um, but he does have work to do. All right, before we finish up on our interview with Joel about Connor Geeky, and then we get a little tidbits on Tristan Robinson, Ozzy Weisblatt's season so far, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family website helping you save money on parts for your car. Great thing about him is you don't have to worry about going to a, the local chain auto parts store. We go up there, you ask what type of car you have. The person behind the counter only they only have a couple of things in the department. You don't have to worry about that with RockAuto.com. You save time and money when using RockAuto.com. 30, 50, even 100% off for the same parts that you would get at a chain store or car dealership. So RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you need from brake, parts, tail lamps, solar oil, even new carpet. So head over to their website today at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How'd You Hear Us box. That way they know that we sent you. Real, amazing selection, reliably low parts, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we are on a quest from God to find William Eklund a friend. Uh, we asked all of our, everybody we're on, you know, how would geeky 
play with with Eklund, or is this just not a match you think between the with these two guys? Well, I guess my counter question is: is where do you expect what what role do you expect for William Eklund? He's going to be, be a awesome. winger for like three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pure, probably pure. the the Tomas Hurdle model, where he starts out on the wing, and then once he kind of gets his his big boy body, then he'll probably slide to the, as a center. So that's kind of yeah. And where do you where do you see him on the power play? William Eklund on the sidewall. He's just passing, pure pure passing. So, um, so depending on that, um, I don't know that Geeky would be the greatest winger for him. Um, the just simply because they play at different paces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might work if Eklund was the winger and Geeky was the center. Um, just once again, just based on the the prototype of what we see from Winnipeg, where Winnipeg has has agility on the wings and puck control and ability to pass out of space and do that. Like I think Eklund mirrors that. I don't think he can do that for Eklund uh, like from the sides. And then Geeky, especially I think Geeky would have to be bumper position maybe on the power play. He'd have to be down low, tipping pucks, things like that. That's how it could work with them. Um, Yeah, I don't know that it's a natural fit, but I talk about with San Jose too, which is just like, you know, the players that they've taken in the past, like I think of someone like Brandon Coe. Brandon Coe is a player with size, um, tremendous hands, great puck control, moving through the zone. And the one thing that he has is size, but he has to be able to use it a bit more. You know what I mean? Like he has to be able to implement his own physicality a little bit more. And so when I think about Connor Geeky, I go like, he might be another one where you just go, all right, we have all these small skill boys. Let's give, let's, let's, let's get a big skill boy. Big skill boy. So, you know, and so to me, it, it just might be as simple as that, where it's just like, what? can Connor Geeky be a centerman? Yeah, sure. Like, and so it's just like, yeah, sure. And you can put some skill boys on his wings, like agile skill uh, boys. Daniel Gushin is right there. Yeah. Uh, would, would, um, would. Well, you put Gushin on one wing, you put Tristan Robbins on the other, and you have tremendous puck control. You got guys that go and go in the corner. I don't know. It could work. And then Gushin's got to play all four then, lines then, the way we're using it. And you have a top line of some jabroni, William Eklund, and Timo Meyer. Uh, would they be, a, would Eklund Geeky be a one two center combo that you'd want to work with, or is that getting too risky? Well, I think, um, you know, this is, this is more the old school thought, right? But you want, you want toughness through the center of the ice. And so I think because of Eklund uh, and like, he's not a physical player through the middle, he's a beat you with speed. Mm-hmm. Um, like for context for people, if they've never seen me or heard of me or read about me, I love William Eklund. I had William Eklund in number one last year. Massive Thank you for your man. service. Yes, we yeah. appreciate. Yes, um, love that kid. Love how he plays. Yes, yeah. you're. Yes, you can come back as many times as you want if you're going to keep talking about Eklund. <laughs> well, to me, to me, he was the most like I would. They were just like, "What do you think of Will and Eklund? Like top six all day? Like, like guy that will that was like will make jersey sales through the roof? Like he's incredible. Like so, I love him a lot. And so, but I think if you if your one two is is Eklund and Geeky, you're just immediately running into like, well, how do you win playoff games? Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's a little bit more tough. Um, so in that scenario, I think Geeky maybe becomes a maybe becomes a third line guy. Um, but you're you're running a team with finesse at that point. Like I think whenever whenever you're bringing Geeky in, you're running finesse and puck control. Um, but once again, let's imagine a world where he gets to be a little more physical. And he gets to be a little because all he needs is a physicality to be able to protect. Like he needs to be able to protect the puck and make skills and make passes, especially from the half wall, which he does do. 
I would just like to see more consistency in that. Like to be a bigger, when you're going up against him, that he's not trying to stick handle through you and he's not going to explode past you. So he has to protect. He has to protect and make a smart pass, whether that's a cycle play and then drive the middle, uh, like a give and go style thing, or just a play back to the defenseman. When you get control of the puck, make sure that you keep possession to get back to the defenseman. So these are all things he can do. And I just think, uh, I just like to see him do to be a bit more of a grunt. It's it's weird because like I'm I'm suggesting this like it's an easy thing to do, but I, to be honest, I've seen a lot of like bigger skilled players who just they never quite make it as a part of their game with a sense of consistency. They like playing a finesse game. They like being skilled. They don't want to like fend off someone on their shoulder while holding on to the puck and then just fling it back to the defenseman. So it is a harder thing for those guys to learn. But Geeky's smart and he's big enough to do it. So. Um, I think he'll be able to handle himself at the NHL level. All right. One last one. If we would be remiss, if we didn't ask the WHL guy, give me 30 seconds on Robin's season and 30 seconds on, uh, on Ozzy's season this year. So, um, uh, I've always been a massive fan of Tristan Robbins. Love, love, love him. It's another team that, um, they're, they've built through puck control and speed through the neutral zone with him and, and, uh, and Kyle, uh, and then even just getting, you know, um, getting some guys in trade, trading away Doc. Um, it was they're they're built with speed, they're built with puck control. Um, Robbins, in, especially in his draft year, and that hasn't changed. He's one of the most adaptable forwards that you can find. Um, he's so unbelievably smart at using his space, protecting the puck, battling in corners. Like this is a guy where I like my biggest thing was I said if you have two second round picks. Um, and he's still there with your second round pick. It was a, it's a no brainer to me. Like if you're worried about mitigating risk or worried about upside, like to me, Tristan Robbins is going to be a guy that you just, he becomes a fan favorite at every level. And Don't I worry, truly, they, took Bortolo, they took Bortolo with the first one. So they were already that's good. The, yes. That's the thing. And so like, it made so much sense to me. And like, and once again, I was advocating for this when, you know, like, you know, not to throw shots, but like central scouting still had him as like a potential fifth round pick at the time. And so, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was one, like that was one player where I went, I disagree. I disagree. And I think he's going to be way better than that. And I think he's going to project better to the NHL than some people think. And I still believe that. I still believe that he's that good of a player. Um, He's a player that can play center. He can play right wing. He can shoot on the power play. He he can be a penalty kill guy. He can do whatever you want. Also, he's sneaky, like physical. Yeah. Sneaky physical. Like, and to the point where, like, even in his draft year, when I was interviewing him and talking to him about about certain guys, is like he, the guys that he wanted to battle in the corners with was Caden Gooley. Well, Gooley we had we wanted to battle. We, with we yeah. interviewed him and we asked him, and he's like, "Actually, I really love just destroying people and like going in the corners <laughs> and battling pucks." We're like, "Pardon?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just love going in the corner and and battling." You know, we're like, "Isn't he like five <laughs> ten? We're like, "What is what is wrong with you?" He's good at it, man. Like yeah. he is like he um, there's certain players in from the WHL where I talk about um, leveraging your position that they always will find inside position on you. They'll get inside the puck. They'll protect it. They're able to make plays because they're always thinking about getting that inside position on you. And Tristan Robbins is one of those players where like if, if he if he can't beat you into the corner, he's thinking about how he can like attack you from a secondary position. And so he's always thinking about where his positioning is and how he can leverage just that little bit of physicality to create separation so he can burst away. Um, he's one of the smartest players from the WHL, and I just I absolutely love watching him play. Um, and Ozzy Weisblatt is extremely on a terrible team, terrible, just, terrible team. <laughs> like once again, I talk, like talk about players where you're trying to build a team with like strong pos- uh, puck possession. Um, 
he just doesn't have guys that are at his level, right? And so some of the decisions he's making, some of the things that he's doing, he's looking for guys to catch and shoot. Um, he's looking for guys to kind of, he's doing a lot of the heavy work. Like when he was finding early success as well, like he was he was playing with guys like Alexi Protas, where they're complimenting him with size, moving through the middle, um, catching and shooting off the rush. Like he's dangling, creating separation, drawing attention, and then dishing, like whether it's a saucer pass, a slip pass, all sorts of different stuff. Guys, and then guys are getting great opportunities. Um, this year he can't quite do all those things. And so he's still the same player that I've seen before. Um, it's a really hard team. They, they basically made a trade um, to get, um, what's his name, uh, Carson Carson Latimer. They mm-hmm. made that trade um, sending Gooley to, to Edmonton and one of the pieces they got was Latimer. And I think that they were looking for those two guys to kind of hit and find chemistry. And Latimer's been, he's been a lot better with them. Um, he's a strong player. He moves really strong. He can catch and release uh, in the way that kind of Aussie needs. But it, in the games that I watched, especially the live ones, it, it, it's a little hit or miss. They haven't quite found the perfect chemistry there. So um, Aussie is Aussie. If you've ever seen him play, he's extremely skilled. He draws attention, speed through the zone, can make some plays, some dangles that are really, really incredible. Um, but, you know, still hard for physicality some of those things it's just um that that draft was um like between between robbins and Weisblatt and bordolo and, 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 and what they did was <laughs> they, draft, was they drafted sports was they drafted like high hockey iq and they drafted and they drafted puck control and then they followed it up by taking william eckland and so if it works out or how it doesn't work out the one thing that the sharks i think were regarding was puck possession and so i'm very curious how the sharks are going to move along i talked about the other day how like i don't know i haven't bought a bought a jersey in so long but like there is a sharks william eckland jersey that like the throwback the throwback, throwback. One. The, no that that like that black one the, there's a black oh, the black stealth one You're, i don't know it's a black and teal i think i don't know yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like, jersey. Oh, that's the one I want. Uh, um, But yeah, so I I think, but as well, like I think, um, yeah, and just gathering that. And it's just like, no, you're not going to have every player on those on workout because Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone kind of, kind of fits in that style. So some guys will be packaged in trades later on. Some guys will slip. Maybe someone will get hurt. I don't know. There's always things happen. But when whoever works out and whoever joins the team, you're getting high hockey IQ and terrific puck control. And so whether it's Aussie and Tristan, I'd love to see them play together. That'd be <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, Cause in, in their draft year too, I talked about this a lot was like, I, when trying to evaluate them, I was often trying to like imagine them in the different systems. I was trying to imagine what Tristan would be like if he was playing in PA. And I was trying to imagine what Aussie would be like if he was shifted to Saskatoon. Um, Cause it's just imagining them in different scenarios. And uh, one of the best things that I can say about both of them is that I think both of them still would have succeeded. Mm-hmm. Like I think putting them in different positions with different players, I think Ozzy would have played well with Colton Doc at the time and some of the other guys that they had, some of their wingers, and Tristan would have been a beast with with uh, PA. So they're good. They're good players. And you, and, and you get to watch Gannon LaRock, who the Sharks also drafted. So That's right. uh, <laughs> out of out of nowhere. <laughs> what a, what a draft choice that was. He's been good. He's, he's been been, yeah yeah he's like a deer <laughs> he's a very nice kid he's, too he's that also kid very nice yeah all, he's like all the time yeah he's like tall and didn't really know what he was doing and oh. falling all over the place and now he just kind of started putting it together and it's like oh okay cool There's, that's a he's like a deer yeah. out there yeah year, he's, 
when I was watching him in his draft year, um, number one, like you were the only person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to imagine them in different roles in different situations and different things. And the biggest thing that I can say is that his his role changed a lot and he started to get way more confidence. And like when I watched him, to be honest, like there's always there's always more players that you should have watched longer, should have watched more, should have watched mm-hmm. with more intensity. And he was one of them that I should have. Um, but he was playing on Victoria, and Victoria was one of the worst teams in the league. Like, it was hard to watch. So <laughs> top, it was top one self. where I was like, I was like, if someone takes a cannon, totally, I get it. Like, but I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch Victoria anymore. To- so totally, was, totally fair. Yes. <laughs> Victoria is um, a much better team this year. They're way more exciting, and yes. Gannon's been a big part of that. Yes, for sure. I think he's like th- third in defenseman scoring in the WHL or some some something heinous like that. Yeah. All also right, last year, Sharks last... just signed uh, Billy Peach. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh just get gosh. your blood questions. Yeah, we got to get out of here. We can talk about Bailey Peach a different day. <laughs> Two questions. We're writing them down in blood, and you're forever held accountable to them. One. Okay. Where your own blood, by the way. We come and extract it. Oh, that's good. Um, right. Yeah. We've got a real operation running here at Locked on Sharks. Vials of, what? of scalp blood behind. I mean, that's what's in the cookie. We're gonna mix them. We're gonna mix them all together to create the perfect internet scout. Um, <laughs> Eat your heart out, Bob McKenzie. Uh, what number does who are we talking about? Connor, Connor Geeky, go at yes. <laughs> it's been so go on. What, what do you no, say? No, what does he go at? What, what Where, draft position? What draft slot does he go at? I don't, I, I, I honestly have, don't have know. To. Like, it's so if you want, if again, you want, like, you talked to like, I'll, I'll say this, I'll give this context. Um, like no I context draft, off the cuff. <laughs> I draft. I I talk um, draft hockey with guys all the time, like and different discords and different chats. Like, I, there's a lot of guys that you guys have had on here too that we talk about this stuff all the time. And if there's one thing that I didn't know about this draft class, like I, I did an exercise because like they were talking to all these guys that I'd never seen. I'd never seen these guys, so I did what I called the one game challenge, where I watched like all of the top forty for one game, so I could get at least a little context of like how they were and what yeah. they did. And it took me two days to do, um, like watching like a shift by shift of one of them, like all the time. I did like 21 day, 20 the other. And there is so hard, like to me last year, eventually after all the things there was separated into this sense of like, here's at least the top group. Mm-hmm. And there was ambiguity on any of these guys could kind of go in the same spot. Like if you wanted a Luke Hughes or you wanted a William Eklund or whatever, like just kind of shrug and go, yeah, sure. Like take the one that you want, because I think they're close enough. There hasn't really been a lot of separation for me in this class. Like to the point where like, I don't necessarily know who's going at three. Like, and so I think this year there's going to be a lot of like, whoa moments. And once again, like when we talked about geeky and that sense of, he has a lot of survivable traits that guys are going to look at him and go, he's not five, nine, like he's not a five eleven defenseman. He's not a this or this or this or this. And so it makes sense where some of the ranges have him. Like, I think, like, where, where does Bob McKenzie have him? Like 10, 12, something 10, like that. 10. Like, I could see that. Um, I don't think I'd be the I don't think I'd be the team to take him there unless I truly felt like I understood the role that he was moving into and like that kind of thing. I think I would wait longer, but um be good. Um if Can I'm gonna guess, let's say 14. Okay, Ooh. so we had we had McGilligan say that Brad Lambert was going at nineteen. So 
Connor Geeky, had a Brad Lambert. I don't think I think well. He he said he's a classic fall. He's a classic fall person where you can find the holes and teams just pass on him and pass on him and pass on him and pass on him until somebody takes him at like 19. So yeah, like yeah. There's um once again, I think um for people kind of followed me for a while, like um I think I just I'm one of those people that really disagree on this draft class that most most people are. Like there's some people have wide gaps between players, and I just don't see it. I think that they're really pretty close. Um, so like I just I, I see four guys from the WHL who if you if you took if you, if they got drafted 13, 14, 15, 16, I would go, yeah. Like to me, that would make sense as to how I've evaluated them. I would go, yeah, sure. Like and so I kind of want that to happen now. I've never really thought about that, but that's, that's what I want to happen. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be sick. Uh, and all of them are the coyotes. Um, <laughs> okay, last last question here. Five years from now, it's 2027. We look back. Who's the best player from the draft? And the answer is Gleb Trikazov. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me pull up a list here for a sec. Like, we'll get back, Gleb. What are the answers other guys have said? Like, I mean, uh, we've got, um, we've got a Lambert, Shane Wright. Shane yeah. Wright. Like it's probably Shane Wright, but that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Like, who would I also say? It can um, be, it can be the same guys. I, I think Tony said, Tony was on for two episodes and I think he said Savoy or Lamb. Well, no, he didn't say Savoy. Um, somebody said Savoy. No, I don't know. No, somebody said Logan Cooley possibly. I'm not sure. It's been yeah. a lot of Lambert and uh, Shane Wright. Um, if if I if I can be if I could be weird about it, like let's Shane see. wrong, am I right? <laughs> um, like once again, I'm going from one game sample sizes and stuff. But one guy that I think has an incredibly high ceiling, but just lacks a bit of he's a bit physically behind that everyone is uh, is Frank Nazar. I really oh, like him. We done um, Frank Nazar. Yes, in, in this in the same, and I'll make comparison here like there's some finesse plays that he makes um moving through the zone which i think i think are were similar to me to when i was watching um uh who's uh oh uh robert thomas like when i was watching robert thomas in his draft year so i think if you find the right system and you're able to like add a bit of weight to nazar and add a bit more to his speed uh, like to his acceleration I think his finesse is starting. It would really pop, um, and his ability to play at that. So I think he's one of those guys that has a huge upside. So if he truly hits, I think you could get you could get a, you know, a high end number two or a high end number one guy. I think the answer is still Shane, right? Like it just has to be at this point. But like, I don't know. It's a it's a class where probably when we look back, it's probably not Shane, right? It's probably someone else that just we'll, took the we'll range you- and ran with it. We'll put you down for Franklin Nazar. Uh, that's, that's a fun one. Okay, Sam, where are Sam? Oh my God! Wow, Joel. It's because we were just talking about Brad Lambert. And I'm looking yeah. up the I'm looking up the draft. See if there's somebody that I missed. Sportsnet's rankings. Let's go. Oh yeah, that's the rankings we wanted. That's choose. the one I, I want. said. Nobody ever. Nobody ever. Um, not him. Not him. Not him. Not him. This is the top of the class. This is terrible. Uh, Your eye, Slavkovsky. I mean, I would be happy if you said Slavkovsky. I love Slavkovsky. Um, to be honest, the other guy that I think that I, I think he's rising up the ranks for a reason. He was one of the guys that I actually really loved when I watched was Cutter Gauthier as well. Um, 
I I really like him. I, I think that um, he's a guy that uh, could could do some damage too at the top. But also great, also great name, Cutter Goche. Yeah. All right, this is this is closing in on an hour here. Uh, Joel, <laughs> where can people find you, and what do you got coming up or have done recently? Whatever you want to talk um, about. So I did a, I did release a, a first initial WHL rankings, and so for some people who haven't followed me before, I want to follow more. What you get from me is depth. And so, like, if you're looking for other rankings, they usually give you a top 100, a top 80, a top whatever. I'm letting you kind of know where maybe there's a maybe there's a Gannon LaRock that kind of exists in the in the WHL that you want to kind of find. And so, the first ranking that I put out was something along the lines. I think it was I ranked the top 28. Um, sometime this month, I'll, I'll probably near the end of the month, I'll be doing another one um, and just kind of an updated rankings and where there's are there's been some movement around. So. Um, so if you want to cover for, for WHL stuff, I write for that for future considerations and also write articles uh, for Puck Preps. And Puck Preps is a website that um, that is very, very, it, the whole realm of it is is to project guys more to college. Uh, and so I, I spent a lot of time um, focusing and scouting 14, 15-year-old hockey players, especially from Western Canada, but some in the O, some in uh, the United States as well, and kind of manage like the way that we kind of do that and so it's projecting guys for the whl draft for the o for you know all those kinds of things and trying to find you know some some talent that moves to the ajhl and moves to the bchl that could be great to, to recruit to programs in the united states so anything honestly for 14 to uh, to 20 year olds in western canada um i love doing it i love cheering for these kids and uh so you can kind of follow me at dad hockey Doe on twitter or you can subscribe to uh, to Puck Preps. It's uh, fifteen dollars a month for the subscription uh, to all the things there and for all across North America. Uh, or you can just check out uh, future considerations to see some of my individual scouting reports uh, from some of the players eligible for this year's draft and and for once in the past too. Dad Hockey Do is spelled D A T H O C K E Y D O E. So if any Americans are trying to spell it, pretend you're a Canadian. Uh, yeah. you'll you'll, you'll so, get there. It entirely came from people being like football, baseball, football, baseball, and I'm like, yeah, but that hockey though. And- <laughs> see, see, just throw throw some Canadian on it, and you'll you'll get you'll get there. If you'd like to talk to us on the interwebs, uh, as my best friend once said, the internet is a series of pipes and tubes. If you'd like to follow us, <laughs> you can do that at Twitter. I don't know where I'm going with that. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Locked on Sharks on all three. You know that we interact with you, uh, even if we don't like you. And then we'll just stop interacting with you if you don't like. Uh, but please keep leaving comments. Let us know what draft profiles you want to see coming up. Uh, JD puts up all the episodes on Facebook and Instagram as well as Twitter. So we will always be able to get back to you. If you haven't emailed us, thank you for your service. Otherwise, it's LockdownSharks at gmail.com. Listening to us, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, everywhere else, tin cans and string, vinyl gas station pumps uh, playing out of that little speaker nobody can understand we're everywhere if you want to watch us once again threesome time that's your three thing white dudes. Yeah. three white dudes <laughs> on your laptop or phone <laughs> probably phone in use? this day and age phone yeah. in the left hand yeah. whatever you're doing with your right hand <laughs> locked on sharks on youtube yep. we got to get to a thought we got to get to we're at 601 we got to get to a thousand so we can make money uh jd is at my fry hole I'm at Kyle Demetrius. Joel is at Dat Hockey Doe with an E on the end. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go check out uh, Locked On Bets, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Locked On. There's a bajillion Locked On shows. There's just something up your alley if you don't want to listen to us anymore. We'll just keep listening to us. But if you want somebody else to listen to, um, go check out Locked On Broncos. <laughs>
the Broncos. <laughs> Bye, friends. <laughs>